This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good. <laughs> Without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA Finals Edition, coming to you on Friday morning, recording this on Thursday night before Saturday's Game 5 of the now tied 2-2 series between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. A couple of reminders before we get started. All odds today are provided by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. Also, everything you hear about tonight, including where the money is, where the bets are, what our model says, all sorts of things, plus crack analysis from Brandon and Raheem and myself, along with all the rest of our NBA crew, as well as all the great content across all sports, getting ready for NFL season, MLB as it gets late in the season, all manner of things. Every, if you can bet it, we have it covered at Action Network and the Action Network app. Download that on your mobile device immediately right now if you do not have the have the app go do that i'm not just swelling i'm not just company manning this i'm definitely company manning it but it is genuinely the best app if you are better you are not going to find a, a better app for tracking your bets for getting up to the second scores for finding out what the lines are to see where they've moved to see where the money is all that information plus our analysis check it out on our award-winning action network app gents two two no road team has won a game yet. So technically, according to the old saying, the series hasn't even begun yet as Milwaukee Bucks storm back from down nine in the fourth quarter. When I was like, I don't think they can make up nine points to tie the series. Giannis had one of the best defensive plays we're ever going to see. Chris Middleton came up absolutely massive. And now we're going to spend 35 minutes arguing with Brandon about finals MVP. <laughs> um, let's, this is a betting podcast. So I actually want to start there. We'll get to game five and where we think the value is on the series, but let's start with finals MVP and the kind of twist of, of how we usually do things. So Brandon made the argument on the last podcast, desperately tried to talk Raheem and I into the idea that Deandre Ayton, it was it 80 to one, 80 to one, 80 to one had value. Um, and then during the, the game, as Chris Paul struggled, Brandon littered his timeline with various shots at the point guard <laughs> about how bad he was in this one singular game as DeAndre Ayton scored a whole total of six points. I cannot help but feel, Brandon, like you are trying to swing public perception through Twitter <laughs> towards either DeAndre Ayton at 80 to one or your Jay Crowder 25 to one pre series bet. So first of all, I, my Twitter account, I assure you, does not have that much sway. So that's no, I retweet it. I retweet it. And <laughs> I have a lot of uh, folks on mine. Oh, so it's it's really it's a victory lap. It's it's like a self victory lap setup, like a bump and a spike there. Uh, now, I, I honestly I, I just thought Chris Paul was playing poorly. I, I did. I did uh, pump up Aiton early on. He had six and six in the first quarter. So that was all of his points, as it turned out. But. He was really dominating the glass. I thought Phoenix looked like they were really hitting the glass early. Like the things that we saw in game three, the offensive rebounds, the turnovers, like the things we saw as problems, 
it felt like Phoenix was being really careful about early. They're trying to stay out of foul trouble. They were really hitting the glass. It worked for a quarter. And it, I thought that Aiton was a big part of what was working. He had no fouls the first quarter. He's playing good defense. Giannis started really slowly, which is a weird trend that's been happening. Like you would think that with the knee injury, you'd think that he would start well and then maybe wear down. And it's kind of been the opposite thing. Um, so, yeah, I thought Aiton was good early. He was great in the glass all game. He went three of nine, which is ridiculous. I think he literally has the all-time record right now for field goal percentage in a postseason. So that, you know, he just missed shots. But Aiton clearly wasn't the MVP. I just felt like Chris Paul just wasn't good. He, he was bad. He was really bad. I think he cost them that game. I think that if he's even average in that game, I think Phoenix is up 3-1 right now. And I, I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. I hate to say it. It's just what I saw. Doesn't matter for for this discussion. It obviously matters for the series, right? Like if they lose the series, you can probably go back and say if Chris Paul plays better in Game Four, they win that game. Um, I'll I'll get I'll come I'll circle back around to my defense of the point guard there, but I'm asking for the Finals MVP. Here's the thing: we do we we need to circle back on this point because we've touched on it, but we haven't actually like narrowed it down. I'm of the opinion that what matters is who plays best in the four games the winning team wins. So if the Suns had won, I think that Booker probably has a lot more value. But they didn't. And so now, yes, Paul was the reason they lost game four. I don't disagree with you there. Uh, on top of just the Bucks' incredible effort in that game. Mm. But if they come back and they win the series and Chris Paul plays well in the final two wins, doesn't that matter more? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, yeah, just to clarify, too, and I think this is what you're saying, I'm not sure that you believe that only the four wins should matter. I think you're saying that's what you think matters to the voters, yes, correct? That's all I care about. Yeah. Like I right. like I spent a lot of time defining like how MVP should be judged. I'm not gonna do it for finals MVP. It's seven games. Like yeah, whatever yeah. you want to say. Right. Raheem, I, I got yeah. some numbers for you. Okay. You ready for this? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready for this. John yeah. Ewing over at Bet MGM tweeted last night after the game. Before the playoffs, he was plus 4,000 to win finals MVP. Devin Booker was plus 4,000. Before game three, he was plus 600. After the third quarter, he was plus 175. After the game, he moved to plus 100. And then after finally, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was in the fourth quarter. And then after the game, they moved Giannis and Booker into co-finals MVP at plus 150. Here's where it gets really interesting. That was, I am looking at the, the timestamp on this. That was 9.40 p.m. Mountain Time on July 14th, Wednesday night. As we record this one day later, literally one, 24 hours later is when I, it's 9.42 Mountain Time as I'm, uh, as I'm recording this. Devin Booker has moved to plus 250. Chris Paul back to plus 190. Giannis is plus 130. So what this tells me is I can't imagine that they really readjusted it. It seems to me very much like they moved Booker to plus 150. They moved Paul back and big money came in on Chris Paul at that point. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. 
Is BetMGM keeping their numbers open during the game? Yes. That's that seems yeah. suboptimal, but because it's, it's actually because, fascinating. Because someone on this on this very podcast that you may or may not be speaking to currently definitely bet Devin Booker once he went off for 42 points as a hedge against his Chris Paul plus 400 bet back in the Western Conference Finals. Because wow. he, he saw that turning and was like, I don't want to get screwed here. Um, There's no way I would, if I were a bookmaker, I'd leave that open. But yeah, that's yeah, they, that's crazy. They left it. They you can lie, you can basically live bet finals MVP. Wow. Wow. To to me, Devin Booker as the MVP is is still a baffling proposition. The first three games of the series, he shot 38% from the field. Yeah. 38%. Yeah. He's basically just not good other than he hit seven threes in game two, but like his twos have been bad all series until he started hitting in game four. He was awesome in game four, hit every shot. He, he racked up like 14 fouls, big game for Booker. Mm-hmm. They didn't win. And so it's that I feel like, yeah, that's what we've seen is they're just going to kind of throw that out. Like, Oh yeah, I was good for that game. But who, who do you think, let's say, that the series ends right now. It's over. It's tied at 2-2. Bud Selig made the decision. <laughs> Who is the Phoenix Suns finals MVP right now? It's Chris the, Paul. It's, it's Chris definitely Paul. Chris Paul. But he's, he, he literally has been worse three straight games. He was great in game one, and he's been worse each game after that. He led the, he led the Suns in scoring and assists until game four. That's also true, but so is my point. He's gotten worse each game. That doesn't matter. That, like... He doesn't have to have sequentially better games. Like he doesn't, doesn't. you don't have to get better as a series goes so, on. So, if you're, if you're dominant in the first two and you're good in this, in the last two wins, that's it. Like that's all you need. I want, like, know, I, want, I want to know who's the finals MVP according to Brandon, if it's not Chris Paul. No, I mean, I, I think it probably, I think it probably has to be because almost it, it's, I ask because I don't know how you can make the case for someone else fairly. I think it has to be Chris Paul by default, but I think that I'm having such a hard time saying it's him through four games when I know how good he is and how valuable he is. I I don't know. Like to me though, despite all of that, Chris Paul at plus one ninety. So so Matt, you had the article up. We talked about this going into game four about how the way to bet the Suns to win the series is to bet Chris Paul to win the series, just like the way to bet the Bucks is to bet Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. They currently have adjusted that. Bucks and Giannis is almost identical pricing now, which yeah. it should have been the whole while. Chris Middleton, I love you. I've got my 27 to 1 ticket that I got back in the Brooklyn series. Yeah. It's it's done. It's not happening. If the Bucks win, it's Giannis. The Suns line has switched though. Right now it's at minus 150 series but plus 190 for Chris Paul. So if, if you believe, like we've been saying throughout, that it's Chris Paul, it's always Chris Paul, it was always going to be Chris Paul, and you think the Suns win the series, right now this is your opening because plus 190 versus minus 150 is an implied 34% for mm-hmm. Chris Paul to win finals MVP versus implied 60% for them to win the series. That's a huge edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to correct something here. This is his game two line, Brandon. Chris Paul in game two had 23 points on 10 of 20 shooting, 50% from the field, three of five from three for 60% from three, only had one free throw, which he missed, eight assists, four rebounds, one steal. He had the turnover. 
Okay. We're now to the point where we're we're talking too much about the turnovers because it's like Urban Chris Paul. They, 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 I mean, won, they, they won by ten points. So yeah, it, it just, I don't care. It's, it's kind of not, it's not even really relevant. Yeah, like, he he was good. He just he was better in game one. That's all. He was great that's in fine, game one. But he, he but was I'm, I'm not two. willing to say he was bad in game two. I okay, think that's he was, fair. No. I think he was great in game one. I thought he was good in game two. I thought he was okay in game three and he was bad in game four. And you're right. He's trending the other way. The question is, why would we think that this would continue? The Suns podcasters, um, I listened to the timeline pod last night. They think that he's got a wrist injury. Yeah. So like, I, I, I saw that all over my timeline. So I actually went back last night because so they, they thought game one that he re-injured it game one. So I actually went back and watched, watched the second half of game one because I wanted to see, okay, when did this happen? What's happening? And it's the third quarter. So game one, Chris Paul had a slow start. He only had two points halfway through the second quarter. Then he closed out the quarter strong. He had 16 in the third quarter, and that was when the Suns made their big run and basically put the game away. As that run by CP is happening, you see him, if you're just watching for you see him a couple different times kind of shake that left wrist. He winces a little bit. You see that he's reacting, and then when he checks out, he goes over to the bench. The trainers go and surround him. They put the towels up. They're holding towels up around him so that we can't see, and you see one trainer start to like look to retape his left wrist. So, And that's, what, that's what's happening then. That was near the end of the quarter. They asked Monty about it in the fourth quarter interview. Uh, uh, how, how's Chris? And he said, uh, he's fine. He's just playing through pain, which, of course, what else is he going to say? So I felt like watching that game and and I don't know how to trust this, but I watched more after that. It did feel like he was definitely favoring his right hand. Like it felt like he was his dribble. didn't feel like he was going to the left that much. He's also right-handed. Like I don't watch Chris Paul dribble, dribble, dribble all the time to know exactly what I thought that I then went back, watched a little bit of game four to see, okay, is, is there a, you know, is Drew only guarding the right hand? Is CP only, I don't know. I didn't see anything in game four after having just watched the supposed injury in game one that made me think, oh yeah, I'm definitely noticing this thing that's happening. So I understand what they're saying. Certainly the trajectory of the series that as he has gotten less good, at least each game would lend to injury. But I also just wonder if it's just Drew Holiday being an awesome defender and Chris Paul kind of getting worn out on a long play. I mean, I also think it's the fact that the Bucks have figured out that Chris Paul can't go left. And they're forcing him left. And along with that injury in Drew Holiday, it's it's kind of rough for him. It's like not everybody can be Kyrie, unfortunately. <laughs> and I think they're exploiting a weak a weakness. Like, if you go back and look. He really can't go left. <laughs> I mean, you know, he can also stay on the floor and doesn't vanish into thin air and knows believes that the gra- world is around. Believes in, believes in gravity. But um, more more importantly here, uh, I do want to point this out. Here's here's game three. Game three. One, one game ago, Chris Paul, 19 points on 8 of 14 shooting, 57%, 9 assists, 4 turnovers. Still a 2 to 1 assist ratio. Like, Guys, Chris Paul had a bad game. His floor is lower than LeBron James's. Like he's not going to go out there and just like rack up thirty-five and seven every night. That's not. That's not where he's. That's not the player that he's been for a decade. That's not the player that he's ever really been. 
And it's certainly not the player that he is now. His floors is much, much lower. But I, I just kind of feel like Chris Paul had a bad game. Like, he had a, he had a bad game on the road. Like, yeah. does it have to be more than – does it have to be like Drew Holiday and the Bucks have figured him out and he can't go left and they've worn him out and his wrist is – he had a bad game. That's fair. That's like, fair. I, I'm, I'm – my big thing here, like Raheem – like the, isn't this like the obvious spot to go back on the Suns right now? Because like if everyone is just like the momentum has turned and the how are what are they gonna do and like this that and the other, and we'll we'll get into the reasons why. But just you are a big time, big money professional better. What do you think? Is it not? Is this not like? I would think this is optimal. Like this is. I'll tell you, I feel great because I had that I've had that Suns and six or seven ticket and Suns minus one and a half, mm-hmm. which means I'm in a pretty good spot here because mm-hmm. I don't see any way the Suns lose game five. And I think game six is a coin flip. Like, is this not like an optimum opportunity right now to bet the Suns? You know, it, price it, it, it is an optimal opportunity, but I just have a different like sometimes you just have a feeling. Where it's just it just doesn't feel right. I mean, the way they lost that game, and people forget this is still a young team. This is not a, a team that's you know super duper experienced, and they've been through the ringer and they've suffered through pain. They haven't been to the playoffs in ten years. Like nobody other than Chris Paul and Jay Crowder have any playoff experience. So it's just like for them to lose a game in which they shoot better than fifty percent and hold the opponents better below 42%, that's that's troubling for me. And I just think – I think you're going to get a better offensive performance from the Bucks. I think as the series goes on longer and longer, and I think I said this before in the last podcast, the Suns are in trouble. I mean, you can't get offensive rebounds and you can't p- pick up defensive rebounds in the second half. You're getting dominated in the paint. I just – I honestly think the Bucs can win this at six. I really do. And I, I think I said this on the last podcast. You asked me what, what are the most likely scenarios. I thought it was Suns in seven or Bucks in six. And I think the, I think the Bucs can win the next two. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-88-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. 
Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right, let me, let me make the other argument, the other side of this, Brandon. For the series, across four goddamn games, the Bucks are scoring 93.3 points per 100 possessions in the half court. 93. So here's the problem with that. 93 is real bad. However, the other thing that's real bad is the fact that the Bucks are getting like 20 extra shots up every okay. game. So, and so, that they've yeah. proven to be repeatable. And so well, what well. happens? Okay, so yes, what happens if the rebounding and turnover advantage isn't as strong and the Bucks still can't score? There is that possibility. But what about the other one? What happens if the Bucks keep getting the turnovers and rebounds and then don't completely suck on offense? What if they put up a 102 offensive rating or a 110 offensive rating actually hit some shots? What if that happens and they're still winning on the glass and getting the turnovers? Now they just won a game by like 25. And I mean, what happens if Devin Booker doesn't give you 40? Like, I mean, at, Honestly, if Devin Booker doesn't give you 40, maybe you move the ball around a little bit and you actually get everybody involved. And that's, get, that's fair. And, yeah. and, so, and, you, so, and you generate more than 23 three-pointers or whatever it is that they shot in that yeah. last game, which was like, if I, so there's two things. Justin Fan, who's a, a great better, he's mm-hmm. got the Insider's Tool on Action Network. Justin bet the over on game four based off of the fact that pregame Monty Williams was like, we want to push pace. That's our priority. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we want to do. So he took the over and I was like, I, you know, I had the under, I took it under on heat check um, versus who did I take? Who took the over? Yeah, it was against me. Oh, was it you? I, oh, yeah. that's, that, you know, that's so funny. Right? I think every time me and fan are on the same side, we lose. That's weird. like, it's happening. It's, that's it's, weird. It's so you're, strange. You're genuinely like two of the best NBA betters. I know that's wild. Um, <laughs> I certainly should never get an edge on you. Um, but here's what was crazy is like the, the thinking was right. Like we're going to push pace, right? They had the slowest pace of any game in the series. Like, they got ground down. And some of that's because of the offensive rebounds, like that limits your possession count um, when they're running clock out. But a lot of it's just like, they just slowed down. Here's here I think though is the other thing. Brandon's like, well, what happens if they hit shots? You've met the Bucks, right, Brandon? Like you've met the Bucks, like you know, like we've seen the Milwaukee Bucks at any point in these play. Like this is what we've talked about every single podcast is like we can't trust the Bucks shooting variance because it never swings the right way. Um, what was wild was in that last game the Bucks underperformed wildly and the Sun. Suns overperformed and there's two ways to interpret all this, right? Like there's the way that you're talking about, which is like, yeah, they couldn't score and they still won. But the other one is to go. If you're making a meal out of a basketball game, you can't make a meal on creating turnovers and offensive rebounds because you can't control where the ball is going to bounce to the other team just can simply try harder. That was a lot of it is like, I, I, this is not me like patronizing the Bucks. Their effort level was exceptional. Like Drew Holiday, I'm I'm doing a, a video piece for Action where we're going. Th- I'm actually going through what the win percentage differential was play by play, and Drew Holiday's mm-hmm. offensive rebound was absolutely freaking massive. So was Pat Connaughton's. Like those guys were the ones that were like coming up with these huge plays. 
those are things that you can do about. Like, it's not just Giannis and Portis. It's Drew Holiday and Pat Connaughton. Those are guys that the Suns can just give better effort at home against and do that. Plus, we know the Suns are going to shoot better at home. We have a consistent track record of the Suns shooting Mm -hmm. better at home. We got real wrapped up into the idea of, well, the Suns have been the best road team without really factoring, like, look, if in this series, they're going to have to hit shots. And they didn't, they just didn't shoot as well in Milwaukee, which is to be expected, but they're going back to Phoenix for at least two. So for at least one more, right? So for me, Brandon, I, I look at it and I go, as much as I like this Bucks team and think it's amazing what they've accomplished and think Giannis has been dominant and their defense has been great, a lot of this just comes down to if we're talking about where the value is, this is a short price now on the team that can shoot the ball. So which price are you referring to? Because I agree with you, I think. I'm trying to talk myself into it, but which which bet are you saying to consider here? The 150 series bet? Yeah, I think at this point it's the 150 series bet. I know you're still having to, having to lay the minus 150. I mean, I guess at this point you just – I mean, you guys are better with the stuff than I am. I guess at this point the better value is just roll over Suns money line game five, game six. Right. So here's what I think. And this is going to just sound counterintuitive to what I said a little bit ago. But while I think clearly of the three of us, I think the least of Chris Paul so far this series, clearly of the three of us, I'm the least to make him the finals MVP so far. Having said that, I don't think the Suns win the championship without Chris Pinals, Chris Paul being the finals MVP. Meaning, I don't know how Phoenix comes up with two more wins without Chris Paul showing up in those two more wins. Like, I, I don't know but he, how. But again, we've just gone over the numbers. He's shown up in three of the four. He had a high turnover rate, Brandon, but he didn't play badly. He had a what high. I'm, he played well with a high turnover rate. What I'm saying is this: we just saw we we saw the the Chris Paul doesn't play well game in game four. And I don't like that roadmap for Phoenix. If we're all basically in agreement, like, look, I had some fun with the Aiton and the Crowder long shots. If Phoenix wins, it's Booker, Chris Paul. I don't buy it being Devin Booker. For it to be Devin Booker, he's going to have to keep shooting, scoring 35, 40, whatever in these games. And if that's the map, like, if, if I'm Milwaukee and you tell me Booker is scoring 30, 35, 40, and it's going to look a little bit like game four, that's great. I'm, I want that outcome. I think that if the Suns win the series, the only way I can see that coming now, it's other than ball. Milwaukee just totally choking, yeah. which is always possible. But basically, I need Chris Paul to look like Chris Paul in some version of him for Phoenix to get the wins. If he looks like he did in game four, or I think even game three, for these last three games, I don't think it's enough. If the Suns win, the only reason I can see it happening at this point is for Chris Paul to be deserving of the finals MVP. So I don't like the minus 150 series. I don't feel good about 60%. Um, I, I definitely think the Bucs are playing better right now. I definitely would take the Bucs on a neutral court. The only reason that I would take Phoenix is two things. Number one, they've got home court for game seven and home court for game five. So that's a two to one advantage. And number two is the Bucks, and God help me on ever relying on the Bucks to do anything. Those are the only two reasons. I don't know 
how I can talk myself into Phoenix winning two out of three games. I can't talk myself into Milwaukee losing two out of three games because it's Milwaukee and they're really good at it. I mean, I I don't know how you can talk yourself into Phoenix at minus 150 when the other team is getting every single game to get more possessions. I just don't. And, and in a game seven, I want the team who's going to get more possessions. So I just. Right. Well, are we, are we, I want to, I want to step back on this. Okay. We're really saying that the biggest key here is now look four factors from uh, Dean Oliver in basketball, yeah. on paper, like the, the textbook on, on basketball stats. It's a, there's an important section in there which is the second most important stat of the four factors that they talk about is a it's a, it's a offensive rebound percentage, but you have to read in between the lines of it. It's a really interesting text. Mm. It's not offensive rebound percentage for you. It's how much you give up. Like it's basically, do you give your opponent a lot of offensive rebounds, which leads to your point, right? Which is like, yeah. look, mm. the Suns are giving up all these offensive rebounds. That's the second most important stat of the four factors yet yeah, number one is still effective field goal percentage because you have to put the ball in the fucking basket yeah it is but but here's the problem number one is the most important i'm not disagreeing with that but it's just phoenix <laughs> is losing so many they have so many math problems right now the rebounds are a math problem they're not getting enough possessions the turnovers are a math problem they're not getting enough possessions mm. The free throws are a math problem. They're not getting enough easy points. The three-pointers are a math problem. They're not getting enough shots up that are worth more points. Like, think about everything that we've seen happen in basketball over the last five or ten years, the over-optimizing of everything, the efficiencyizing of everything, is all been about solving those math problems and, like, hyper-making everything hyper-efficient. And all of those math problems, other than we're just going to shoot better than you, which, by the way, they just did by like 14% and lost anyway, comfortably by like what, six or eight points. Other no, than I mean, whoa, shooting- whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, we can go back a little bit on that just because, like, that, that was a the, the Bucks took the lead with sure. what, like two minutes remaining. Like, yeah, I'm just saying it's hard to shoot much better than an opponent than Phoenix did in that game, but they lost all of these other math problems and mm. it's they're compiling that what math problem can Phoenix win right now? That's not just, we're just going to shoot 20% better than you that next time. Well, well, let's, mm. let's, I want to, I want to, I, I, I think the, the interesting thing is that you mentioned Dean Oliver and I, I believe he broke down the four factors of success as shooting at 40% turnovers at 25% rebounding at 20% and free throws at 15%. So it's like, the Suns are winning the shooting, but they're literally losing everything else. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about those those two things because I want to kind of touch on this as well. So, of a related note, um, the Suns. It's I want to be clear on this. The Suns shot much better than the Bucks in Game Four because the Bucks shot like garbage. <laughs> like yeah, like the the the, the Bucks. The Suns' effective field goal percentage in in Game Four was fifty nine point six, which is good. It's better than their game one percentage. When remember they couldn't shoot at all. Do you remember that? Like the yeah. Bucks won that three point matchup, and yet, but like game two was sixty uh, was sixty point two. I'm sorry, their EFG in in game four. I got this wrong. This was, that was true shooting. Their effective field goal percentage in game four was fifty five point eight, which is lower than sixty point two. 
It's lower than most of the games that they they played up until the Clippers series. The Clippers obviously like they had a thirty eight point four and a fifty point six because there were some gross ones in there. Um, but my point though is, I don't think that if when I look at, at that shooting performance, Brandon, I don't look at it as the Suns shot the lights out. I think Booker no. shot the lights out. And so if you ask me, like, can they just shoot better? Yeah, I think they can. I think they can. I think at home, the energy level ramps up. So you cut down on some of that. Now let's get into the other thing that, that Raheem talk, you talked about, which is free throws. Uh, I am captain of the Giannis gets a terrible playoff whistle. Like, I just think he has been hacked and hammered in every series that he's played and every series he's lost through the years. I thought he got a bad whistle in the Brooklyn series. He's gotten a great whistle outside of game one outside of game one he's gotten an awesome whistle and he's hit free throws so the margin was six the suns were up late if we just just chip off a few of the offensive rebounds chip off a few of the fouls in favor of the bucks and we get right back into uh, either they're tied or Suns slightly up up and that's on the road with a not great shooting performance yeah like here's my thing the bucks or suns can win can win this series i'm not like there's no way the bucks are going to win the suns have got this i'm not Mm -hmm. worried like i think that i mean you know this i've had like i built a futures position where i'm good either way i've added to it as as uh, has events have warranted throughout Mm -hmm. the series and that when i saw the good prices i have hands on both scales but I do think that when we're trying to figure out the value to me, we've got the sun started as a series. We started the series off with basically, we talked about this on the, on the preview pod that the suns were considerable favorites. Now Giannis's status was unknown so that we got to remember that, mm-hmm. but the suns were considerable favorites, but that all the numbers indicated that this, that the books like this series to go at least six or seven. Yeah. Which means that you're you're already building in two sons two sons losses into that equation, like you're if it gets to six, the Suns have to have lost two games. So we're right where the books basically told us it was going to be, but now we're getting a substantially better price on Phoenix than we did at the beginning of the series, Brandon. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. And really, as if I'm looking about the series, I don't I don't like it. I don't feel good about it, but the play that makes the most sense to me just from a betting standpoint, from a numbers standpoint, which is the way that I ultimately make decisions, I still like that Chris Paul plus 190 MVP for the reason that I said, because mm. to me, because here's the reason. If I believe that the Suns can only win a, the title if Chris Paul is good enough to win finals MVP, which I do. Then instead of paying six, you know, instead of getting sixty percent for the Suns to win the series, I don't believe in sixty percent. I don't want to bet that. I believe somewhere close to fifty, I think, which is hard because that means that I'm not getting the right price on Phoenix, and it also means I'm not really getting much of a nice margin to bet on Milwaukee or on Giannis for Finals MVP. However, if I bet Chris Paul to win Finals MVP, that's an implied thirty-four percent. Now I'm basically just getting two to one on the Suns to win the title. If I'm mm. thoroughly convinced that the Suns can only win the title if Chris Paul is good enough for them to win the title. Mm. And now I don't think the Suns are the better team. 
I don't think the Suns are going to win the series. If I just had to pick one right now, no odds, I pick the Bucks. But if you're giving me two to one chances for the Suns to win, I feel good about almost two to one chances for the Suns to win. So Raheem, I'm curious what you think, because I think you feel a strongness about the Bucks of the three of us. Do you agree with the, the logic that if the Suns win, it needs to be Chris Paul motivated more than Devin Booker motivated. And what do you think about the logic of, of if that's the case, is Suns, Suns plus 190 a price that you have to play? I agree that it has to be more Chris Paul motivated than Devin Booker because I do think Booker going off like that, it kind of you know makes the offense a lot more stagnant. And Chris Paul has to run the show. Um, but for me... I personally don't want to play the Suns for the series because I don't believe they're going to win the series. I think if you're going to play the Suns, I think the value lies in playing them to win game five. Them mm-hmm. coming home, you know, they're, they they perform well at home. Like Matt said, they, they should be able to clean up some of the offensive rebounds. They're going to shoot well. I think that's where the maximum value is. But I think they can win game four, and I think they can lose the next two. I, so- I just – I mean, so, I think they can win game five and lose next two. I really believe in the books. So, but so, if, if a book actually offered you Suns plus 190 to win the series, you still wouldn't want to play it? I mean, I kind of would have to take it just based on the math because they have two two home you know games and they're going to be... You know, don't, don't cave to him. Don't, don't cave to him. But I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Bucks. I, yeah. I truly believe that the Bucks are going to win the series. And that's the And you know the thing is... Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I came into this series believing that the Suns would have the edge in the clutch. And I think I said this on the, the first NBA Finals preview. I said I like the Suns because when push comes to shove, they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker to be able to hit these mid-range jumpers. But what I didn't factor in was all of the rebounding. I didn't factor in that Chris Middleton, who hit the game winner against the Nets, game seven on the road, would be able to do the same thing against the Suns. And this team is so battle-tested. Everybody is stepping up, whether it's, you know, Pat Connaughton grabbing offensive rebounds, whether it's, I think, Chris Middleton. It was 73-71. Chris Middleton misses the free throw. Um, Lopez tips it in. Tie game. So it's just so many, like, small plays like that that the Bucs are making that I just, to me, outside of an otherworldly shooting performance from the Suns and two games for the – I think the Bucks are the better team, and I think they're going to win the series. I, I, I truly believe it. And, I mean, that's worked out for you in the past, right? Like, you've bet series when you've just felt like one team has the edge. Like, you bet Raptors 2019. You've had other other series where you're just like, I think this team. Bucks and, Bucks and Nets this yeah. this, this year. Um, yeah. like, and I, I mean, like, so it's just like I just kind of just – and sometimes, I mean, I, you know, we try to go off the math, but I always kind of like – one of the things I compare myself to is a boxer. So – you know, Floyd Mayweather, he's going to come in there with the Philly shell. But sometimes if he's fighting a soft southpaw, he's going to go in there with the high guard. Or sometimes he's going to use his pull counter a lot. And I, I look at myself from that same aspect as a handicapper to where it's just like, yeah, I have my models, but I have other tools and I have my feelings and I have my intuitions. And, you know, I use everybody else around me. Well, and so, look, I mean, you know, part of this is, okay, even if – You'd still say it's pretty close that the Suns can can win the series, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely close. But like, I just, let's, I, I, let's say sixty forty. Okay, so I think that's high. Uh, okay, so 
what, what's your number at 30? I think it's probably like 55, 45. Okay. So you want 45. Okay. Let's give him 45 on a hundred dollar bet at plus plus one ninety. You're looking at 30 bucks in expected value on a hundred dollar bet, 30%, which is good. It's, it's good EV, but if you don't genuinely like the bet, I think that kind of like, at what point is that EV enough for you to take it as a question? Like, I think that's actually like a gen, I mean, I, it may just be like, no, there's EV there. I don't care. Like I want, I want every edge that I can get. I think there's edge there. That that's, that's how it works. Um, I do think, so I, I ran the numbers actually, while you guys were, were talking, um, if you bet hundred bucks at minus one sixty five, which is the series five money line for the Suns, uh, you come out with sixty bucks and sixty one cents. Okay, so if we roll over the one sixty sixty one and we assume that the odds for Game Six in Milwaukee will be approximately what they were at close for Game Four at four and a half, that's a plus one forty one. Um, Translation, I'm using all of this via the tools that are available on actionnetwork.com. That comes out to plus 226, Brandon. So you literally, the even as good as the value is. Now, the question, the the built in there, which you you would mention is yes, but the Suns can still lose game six, win game seven. Chris Paul wins MVP. And that's your, that's your kind of like your. Yeah. That, that's your coverage there. So that's really the question is like, do you, like a lot of this is, do you think that the Bucks win game six? For me, um, where I'm at is I absolutely, I am heavy on the Suns right now in game five. I like the Suns and the over in game five. Mm. Game six, I think is a coin flip. Game seven is always a coin flip. So we have like two coin flip games coming up where you know, the Bucks won the two at home. The first one was great, 120-100. Book had a terrible game. Aiden got in foul trouble. Like, that was a disaster game for Phoenix. We did talk about this on the last game, on the last pod. We said, like, the book game's coming. And we yeah. got it. But it came at the exact same time as the mid game. That was the problem. Is like, book went for 42, but mid went for 40. And Chris Paul had a bad game. Like this series is so tight guys. Like this is like, that's why I'm actually like, I'm just genuinely kind of irritated that even still this, I know it's because the Suns have home court, but like the Suns are minus minus one fifty still. And I think there's value there because it's such a short price relative to the pre-series. Let me push back though on the coin flip thing, because I don't, I don't agree with either of the, of what you've labeled coin flips game six. So to me, if you said of any game remaining, we don't even know if there will be a game seven. If you had to pick one team to win any game remaining, which which team or game would I be most confident in? For me, it would be Bucks winning at home in game six. Really? Because I mm-hmm. think the Bucks are the better team. And why would I not think that the better team at home, probably with Scott Foster refing, by the way, in that scenario, <laughs> why would I not think that the team I think is best in their one remaining home game would be most likely to win any of the games left. Then just take what, then why are you, if you think the bucks are the better team, then why are you just taking bucks plus plus one twenty five? I mean, that's, uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out between the, do, do you, do I take them or is there, is there too much value on that Chris Paul idea to not play is, is what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. Raheem, you did say you like, you like the bucks to win the series, but you like, you still like the Suns in game five. Do you still like the, no, cause you like, I think the, that, you, uh, 
you I like think the value was on the Suns in Game Five, but I like the Bucks to win the series. But you also said that you like Bucks in six, so work that out for I me. Mean, I mean, I, I mean, for me, I felt like you know, I I didn't say I necessarily liked the Bucks in six. I thought that you asked me what was the most likely scenarios okay. on last okay, week's okay, podcast, okay. and I, I yeah. said Bucks in six and Suns in seven. The, the reason I ask is Suns to win Game Five and Bucks to win the series is mm. plus four seventy five. So. Mm. If you agree that the Suns should be favored, if you think there's no way the Suns lose this game, and you still think the Bucks are the better team and, you, and that they're going to win, why not just take the plus four? Now, this is this is where we're getting into like we're we're galaxy braining this a little bit because we're literally yeah. saying like, yeah, they're going to go down three two, but I like that. But I'm very I'm confident enough in them to win the series to bet on them yeah. to lose win win like i'm betting three different outcomes you're betting three money lines yeah, you're, yeah you're, i'm betting three money lines three money yeah. lines but it's you know what I've, I've, I've done that in the past like i mean i mean it wasn't tied into it specifically with the prop but i've definitely bet a team to win game i did it with the brooklyn series i took the nets to win game five with kd going off and then came back and took the the bucks to win the series Bucks to win game five and Bucks to win the series is plus 210. What about Bucks? Uh, isn't Bucks to win game five, but Phoenix to win the series? Isn't that like nine to one or something? Yeah, it's nine to one. Yeah. You know me, I'm hunting for no. big numbers. And I saw that. I will I come like, to your house and slap the phone out of your hand. Don't touch that. <laughs> oh, man. Don't don't you dare touch that number. If if the Suns, here's, I think the Suns are resilient. Like Raheem mentioned how young they are. And they are, but I, I like the way that this team is pretty unflappable. Like, Cam Johnson doesn't get rattled. Booker doesn't get rattled. Like DeAndre Aiden, I think, is seeing a little bit of the hot. I mean, right now. when have they faced adversity through this whole postseason? Like, to me, I think Monty, like, and this is a hot take, but I think Monty Williams lost him the series. Like, to me, his performance was just as bad as Chris Paul. He benched Devin Booker. He fouled out his own player. And then no, like, the refs couldn't finish the job. Yeah, I mean, he was fouling no. out if he didn't if he didn't sit him, man. Like that, this but is I, the one where we go crazy. But I, no, but did, I mean, this 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 is what drives me crazy about NBA coaches. It's like the way Booker was playing, they could have possibly put that game away. And then also, I also had a problem with him not using timeouts. Like he didn't use any of those challenges yeah. down the stretch. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of times when he didn't use those challenges. The Bucs were able to get into something quick. And then he left He left the game with two timeouts left. Yeah. So instead of calling the timeout to draw something up, to take the lead from two to, you know, four or five, or calling a timeout when it's tied to, to get a basket, or calling a timeout down two to get a basket, it, they had multiple chances to tie the game. They were down two. I think um, the, DeAndre, the, the, the Giannis block happened. Actually, no, they scored on that possession. They were down two, and the Chris Paul turnover happened. Yeah, so it's they like were they down two mo- with like 40 seconds left, and they should have yeah. called timeout to set up a two-for-one, and instead they brought up CP to turn it over. They got the three-on-one run out, and then that was, that was game, basically. Yeah, so it's just like they had multiple opportunities to tie the game. He didn't call timeout. So it's yeah. just this team hasn't faced any adversity. He dealt with an injured Lakers team which they probably would have lost to based on what we're seeing today. I mean, in this series with, you know, Giannis dominating inside, they probably would have lost that series. Then they, they face a, a, a bombed out and depleted Nuggets team. Then they, they face the Clippers 
who, you know, they put up a fight, but they didn't have a shot without Kawhi Leonard. So it's just, we're expecting this team that has never showed adversity. And I know they they haven't lost three games in a row all season, but this Bucks team is battle tested. I will say they're battle tested. Um, my opinion right now is that the Milwaukee Bucks are the absolute championship pedigree equivalent of the Alonzo morning gif where you're like, well, that's, that's who they are. Like hmm. everyone, the entire internet is shaking their heads. Like they were tearing up bud in that game too. They were tearing up bud and tearing up holiday. And like everyone's di- stomping on the bucks uh, constantly <laughs> wind up winning the game. It's two, two. Um, but, but isn't this kind of what the bucks are though? Like in a weird way, Giannis doing the Giannis stuff. Yeah. Chris hitting shots, mm. winning the turnover battle, doing like all the little coaching advantages that we always kind of toss out in the playoffs because they don't work here anymore, bud, that they're actually happening now. They're, they're yeah. winning the turnover. Like this is, this is kind of what the Bucks are like for, for three years, the Bucks have been winning every game, dominating the regular season. And I've said this before, like I, I keep tuning into a Bucks game being like, all right, let's go. Let's watch. Let's watch the champs. Let's watch a title favorite here. Just, just crush someone. But it's it's a different. It's not that they don't look good. They just look good different. They don't look, they don't look like the normal, normal greatness that we came to see from like the Warriors or well, some of those. No, teams. I see how this. I can't, Brandon. I, I just think like, I, I think this year was different. Like that was actually why I started betting the Bucks late in the season to win the title was because I realized like they're the exact opposite of what they've been the last two seasons. The last two seasons like. They led the league in the most blowouts, Brandon. Like they literally were mm. the, the 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 if you remove the star power and like sure. all that, but like mm. they shot a ton of threes, they made a ton of threes, they were a high volume shooting team, they were powered by Giannis, they had this awesome defense, they were one, they were only the second team in NBA history to lead the league in pace and defensive rating, which only the Warriors in 2015 had done. But this season it was entirely different because they were trying to figure out how to play with Drew and they didn't have the bench. And what's ironic is just like all of those struggles were good for them because mm. they're not re- like, it wasn't like, Oh, well, we know we can do it. If we just do what we do, the Bucks were like, no, we have to play. However we have to play because like, we're just desperate. Like to me, that's like the big difference this year. It's, it's interesting that you, I'm not, I don't think you're wrong, but I think it's very interesting that like you and I can watch as much basketball as we have. And you come away being like, ah, eh, they were never really, which I think is like what most people think. And like when I watched mm. them, I was always just like, God, the Bucks just fucking slaughter these teams. Like their performances yeah. versus the Nets this year were dominant. Well, yeah. I, I think to me, it, it's a numbers test, eye test thing. It, it's to me like I'm not disagreeing with any of the numbers you said. They blew teams out. They had all the ratings. I knew all that. That's why then I would watch the game and be like, all right, Warriors, somebody just like rain fire on someone run them off the court but like the bucks version of raining fire is what we're watching it's shutting you down on defense it's it's like not turning it over for four quarters it's it's you know dominating the glass it's not necessarily like oh my god steph just put up 17 in three minutes and everyone in the stands is crying right now like it's just a different version of that and then i will say this too if it helps give context to me, what we're watching from the Bucks do right now and the way that they're winning is similar, I think, to what we saw from the Lakers winning in the bubble last year, which I felt similarly to. I never really felt like, wow, what an awesome champion team. This team is just crushing everyone. It was more like 
a boa constrictor that kind of slowly moved in after game one, slowly started constricting. And by about game three, it was just like, oh, my God, the other team just has nothing. They can't do anything. They can't score. I mean, it's it's a different kind of dominance. But they had they had 45 double digit wins Mm. in 2019. 38 in 2020 and this season in a down year they had 29 which was more than the nets and the sixers it was the most in the eastern conference and i know and you're saying like season and i get you're saying like that's another number but again like for me that was i mean that's part of it as a better is like you, you that's what was interesting about this year is you used to be able to basically say the bucks are at home versus an east team and they are mm-hmm. they're a, uh less than a 15 point favorite and you just hammered it every time and this year like mm-hmm. that wasn't working that's what's really interesting is like they're having i yeah. mean a lot of it we can go through all the injuries and i think that's fair to talk about but at the end of it they're having their best season they've gotten the furthest in a season when they ha- they've been least impressive because like you said like they just i'll say this, they just hang around man like they just hang yeah, yeah. and i just i, I feel and that's, like that's probably the like- the best argument for Raheem, honestly, is that they're just gonna, like, they're just gonna wait you out. They're just gonna wait yeah. the Suns out. They're just gonna hang around and hang around, and in the end, the Suns are not gonna have anything left. What's the boxing comparison, Raheem? I need a, I need a boxer comparison. Man, this is this is tough. I, I mean, I was thinking of football. Like to me, they they remind me of almost like the. The, the the 2000 Ravens like it's yeah. just it's just ugly I mean they got Trent Dilfer at quarterback but the defense would just slow you down and it's just you know it doesn't take much like <laughs> wait who's who's Trent Dilfer in this scenario is that Drew four no, for twenty it's, Drew it's, 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 it's Giannis because neither one of them have a bag <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I okay so I I have an observation that I think I might be seeing that would I think maybe lead to an over-under play. I don't do a lot of over-under plays, so I want to run it by the two of you. Tell me if you think that what I think I'm seeing is maybe happening, and if it is, is that an angle that we can play? So where I'm coming from is I'm watching Brooke Lopez closely because I keep playing Brooke Lopez props. God help me. I don't know why, but I'm in on it. I got series long stuff. I have to watch him. And what I've seen a couple games in a row now Brooke plays a whole bunch in the first half, does a bunch of Brooke things, and then they completely go away in the second half. And in game three, I thought that the reason for that was because Aiton got in foul trouble. Aiton was out, so then they just put Brooke out too, played small and kind of matched with it. I thought it was a mistake, but I thought that's why Brooke wasn't playing. Here's now what I think, maybe. So I said I went back and watched that game one. When the, the Suns were way up, we had like a whole fourth quarter of kind of inconsequential play. The Bucks kept making a little bit of a run, getting it back to 10 or 12. What the Bucks did was they put Giannis at center. They put all the shooters out and they ran and watching back. I was kind of like, you know, I wonder if they sort of found something in that little stretch. Not that it's shocking that, Oh my gosh, Giannis at center might actually be good. Here's what I'm wondering. The way that they're playing the lineups with Brooke playing so much in the first half and then going away in the second half, is this a conscious strategy? And I know that's about Bud, so just just go with me here. Is is Milwaukee banging around and really playing physical, tough, wear you out in the first half and then saying, okay, we got you on the ropes now. We've been banging you on the boards. We've got, we've got Brooke and PJ and Giannis. And now, now we're going to speed up the tempo. We're going to get our absolutely lethal transition offense. We're going to unleash Giannis, who's been kind of saving himself a little bit. And now we're going to bring it to you in the second half. 
that's what I feel like I've been seeing. I'm curious if you feel like you've seen anything like that. And if it is, is, is there an angle there? The third quarter overhit in the, in three of the four with game four being the only one where it didn't, yep. right. Did it hit over in that game? I don't think so. I think it was like 54. So I feel like yeah, that it, it just slid under. I think you're on to something. Here's what's the, the here's like the 10,000 foot view of it. They get killed in the eight and Lopez minutes for the series. They're minus 11 in the last two games. They're minus nine. The bucks are when, uh, when Brooks on the floor versus Aiton. in the last two games, which was 35 minutes when Brooke was off the court and Aiton was on court, the Suns got outscored by 23 and a half points per hundred possessions. Like they definitely are, are, I think going to it. I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with it, except like I can't look at any sort of real way that Brooks play is causing issues that would soften them up. Right. Like I get the size factor, but they're still getting killed on the offensive rebounds anyway. Like if anything, the offensive rebound rate has been, I think higher when Brooks been, when been on the bench. Yeah, um, I think I think in the second half it's been higher too. So that doesn't fit well with, with the idea. Now, I think the I w- interesting thing is I just, I just looked up the pace for the last two games. The first half pace was around 96 possessions in the last – I think no, it was 90, 95 possessions in the last game. Second half pace was around 98, and it was consistent in three as well. So it's so, up a little bit. So yeah. I, I, for me, the over-under – I'm going with the over in game five, and the reason mm-hmm. – uh, I like the O because like I've been, I, I've been carefully playing these. It's dropped. It's down to two eighteen. The last time I saw it, uh, it's currently two eighteen and a half at bet MGM two eighteen and a half. So I like the over there for a number of reasons. One, I just think the Suns are going to put up a big number. Like I'll probably play the Suns team total too, as as a a way to to really reinforce that. I think they're going to shoot better. I think that Monty Williams. Hey, we have to play faster. We'll actually get through to them. In this one, they're going to be desperate. They'll play faster. They'll play with more with more edge. So I think that that leads into that. So and the other thing is, if I may just now I'm thinking about, I may just go in more on the Suns team total because what I think probably happens is the Bucks shoot badly again on the road, mm. right? Like they have another game where they shoot terribly, and the Suns just run a lot more off the misses, and they get some of the transition points back. Like even if they don't, even if they get, they're going to lose the transition game. But even if they they only lose it by five versus like losing it by like nineteen or whatever, then they're in a, a much better spot. So I, I think I'm just going to play the Suns team total over. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It, yeah, the, the, it makes sense with with what you've been saying with your position of how you feel about the Suns and how you feel about Game Five and where the series is heading. I think that that makes a lot of sense to play that position with the Suns over of how things are shaping up. Uh, I want to bring up props. So we talked about series-long props last time. I did not write 1,700 words refreshing the odds on all the series (laughs) props for this time. But I want to bring up one that we talked about on the pod, which was series leader in assess. And we talked about Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul. So going into the last game, Chris Paul had the lead by one over Holiday. It's clearly going to be one of those two. They both had seven. So Chris Paul still has a lead by one. And going into last game, I forget the exact line. Drew Holiday was something like plus 115. Chris Paul was something like minus 120. So Chris Paul was a slight favorite. He was ahead by one. He's still ahead by one. Currently, here's what happened to the line, and I don't understand it. Drew Holiday has fallen all the way to plus 185. Chris Paul is now a minus 225 favorite. So, guys, 
what did the books see from game four on a game where they had the exact same number of assists that was like, okay, now that Chris Paul has his ginormous one assist edge, he should be a 69% favorite to definitely lead the series in assists. How is Drew Holiday not, not significant value here? Well, look at the, look at the broader picture, right? So we, we agree Suns minus 150 still feels heavy. Yes. Based off of how yeah. close the series is. Yeah. So like the books are incentivizing you to take the bucks and they're incentivizing you to fade Chris Paul. Like they're in, like, that's what they're doing, Brandon, like at least by MGM. And I haven't seen anything different at the other books either. Like the, the, uh, the bookmakers are definitely like, yeah, that's fine. Take, take your holiday, take the bucks. Yep. Oh yeah. Look, Hey, they won two games in a row. Chris Paul looks terrible. Hey, look at this juicy number for you. And they're, they're good being like, no, we like Chris Paul and we like the Suns. Like that's, but, but I agree with that. But why can't Chris Paul put up 22 and eight and a win 22 and nine? Like that's a Chris Paul line. That's a totally normal Chris Paul game. The Suns win. Drew Holiday puts up 15 points and nine or 10 assists like he's done in pretty much all the other games on three for 15 shooting. And that's why the Bucks <laughs> lose. Right. Like, why, why can't that happen? All he has to do is have one more assist the rest of the way. And he's been doing that for like Chris Paul still seven games in a row now has yet to hit double digit assists. And Drew Holiday has not had below seven. I think in like like weeks at this point. I think since yeah, but, early in the Brooklyn series, right? But like he also he only got to nine in game three, the one game where the Bucks put up a one twenty score, mm. right? So uh, he had nine. He had nine in game one, right? I mean that was the game where the Bucks shot really well from three, right? So uh, to me, this is the danger, Brandon. Like. If you if you want to know if like if it's got value like sure like you've laid out all the reasons the reason I personally won't bet it to get assists you gotta have guys make shots and we're not just <laughs> talking jumpers here we're talking layups my man like the Bucks miss layups like but, Chris Middleton but, uh, misses at least layups can't miss his own layup though he can't assist himself so we're out on that one at least <laughs> right Four for twenty right here's the other thing I would, I would actually question too we we all agree Chris Paul looked tired yeah. Yes. Drew's tired too. Like he's, yeah, yeah. Like he's exhausted. <laughs> and I yeah. do. And part of it is I do wonder, like, look, the more the series goes, look at what this is turning into. Like Giannis attacks, reset, Chris attacks, Giannis rebound, Chris attacks, Giannis rebound, Giannis pick Giannis, Chris pick and roll. Like it's becoming Giannis and Chris versus Booker and Paul. Sure. Right. Yeah. With, okay. With the, the other guys in there. And I feel like, there will be less opportunities as this game, like, especially if it gets, here's the real danger. Chris will pick up like seven assists in his sleep, even in like a nasty game seven, I would Mm -hmm. still probably bet that Chris Paul would have over six assists. His line will be higher, but I would say that I would think it should be bet lower because game sevens are rock fights, but I feel like Chris Paul would just pick him, like just randomly pick him because one, they have more shooters and he just finds ways Drew's a really good passer and a really good point guard, but I don't feel the same way about Drew Holiday, where it's like if he gets to game seven, I can see Chris Paul having eight and even the Bucks winning and Drew Holiday having like three or five, right? And yeah. then like that's your differential. I, I'm not saying it's not, it doesn't have value because like you're right that when you objectively look at it, there's a bunch of reasons for this. But like we said, like the context of the series, like I can't really get there. I do have a fun one for you for game five. Okay. What do you got? 
Uh, Chris Paul to commit five plus turnovers is plus 450. Wow. Interesting. At home, too. At home. So like I don't, I don't know lot. if I like that. So if you, a lot. If, so if you want to if if you want to bet that Chris like the problem is Chris Paul's been playing badly, you got plus four fifty for the turnovers to to say that he makes it three games in a row. Are there is it only five? Like is there a three I mean they, or they four have, available? They have they have a two and a half at minus one thirty five. If you're yeah. a little more more conservative like me, <laughs> and you can probably yeah, I, I will say too. Uh, I've been playing a few times. Uh, Chris Middleton's road home splits on turnovers are massive. Chris Middleton's turnovers go way up on the road. So mm-hmm. that would be to me, uh, five, five CP turnovers is too much for me to bet on, but Chris Middleton's road turnovers, especially if it gets to a game seven and then you get the pressure of everything too. That's definitely a spot that I've been, been hitting with consistency lately, man. Bet MGM won't let you put turnovers into the uh, single game parlay. That sucks. Oh man. Yeah. Hoping for that because I was like, Ooh, you could do Bucks to win and Chris Paul to have four. Oh, yeah, that's probably why (laughs) four plus uh, turnovers. I'll say this about the Drew Holiday Chris Paul assist thing. I think the most convincing argument that I feel from you against Holiday is that 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 Middleton Giannis pick and roll is is getting more and more run, and now the ball is out of Holiday's hands, and Mm -hmm. and you know. He's he's playing like a wing at that point and not getting the same opportunities. I, I do find some hesitation there. I still just feel like at at plus one eighty five, like like you said, if you're going to be objective and just play the numbers, well, that's literally my thing. Like that's literally yeah. why we're at twenty two percent ROI props for the year is just only playing the numbers. Thank it's just love. the numbers. So it's it's weird because I, I come away right now. I think that the the two best series prices I like right now are two bets that I genuinely don't feel good about, but that the numbers feel great about, which is that Drew Holiday plus 185 and the Chris Paul plus 190 finals MVP. Both of those to me are numbers plays, but I trust the numbers and I will trust the numbers over. Like Raheem, you said, sometimes I'm just going to trust my instinct. I, I go the opposite. If I don't know, I will trust the numbers. So I think I have to play mm-hmm. those two. Raheem, I'll ask you, you're based on your conviction. Are you going to put in, have you put in something big on the box? Are you going to put something big on the box? I actually lost big on the Suns last night um, because I actually just watched the game. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of taking a little break right now, um, but I watched the game and I'm like, the Suns are going to win this game. And <laughs> like, I, ca- I caught the Suns at like plus 150 or something like that. Like two I, minutes I, in. Well, uh, when they were, when they were tied, I live bet minus one and a half suns as at a plus number. Cause I was like, yeah, I saw that. I saw and that. I, and I was, I was like feeling like the smartest man in the world up by nine in the fourth quarter. And then not only do I lose that one, but I lose four and a half as well. That was, I will say I was pretty annoyed that like the suns couldn't hit one backdoor three for us there. I was like, just, just hit the three and then give up the inbound and then we're done. And we, you know, I, the thing that was most inexplicable about that game was that they were in the penalty for like nine minutes in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah. And it just, I didn't get one Chris Paul swing, swing through move. Like yeah, he had one, but they just, a lot of it was, I think that when Booker came back in, it was like, all right, we're going back to the Booker show. So, yeah. So we've been all around game five. We've been all around the series. So to help our, our dedicated listeners who have listened to us argue for an hour, 
let's let's narrow it down here. So what? Give, give me, and I'll make my own too. Best bet for game five. No props. What's your best game five pick right now? Suns minus three and a half. They're gonna win this game. Raheem, what do you think? Shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell though that this is what's interesting is like you're very you're you're very strong on the Bucks, but you still don't know what game five is gonna do. Exactly. And you know that, and you know that if the Suns win game five, you there's no way to feel good about the Bucks winning two and two straight. If the Suns win game five, I feel like the Suns are just doing what they're expected to do. It's true. And I would I would have I would have less problem betting the Bucks to win the series in that spot. Yeah, I was gonna because say like you Suns said win, if the Suns win game five, I think Raheem will bet the Bucks to win the series. Yeah, but right now there's no value on taking the Bucks right now with them having at plus one twenty five. So I think that's my struggle. So I think I'm gonna have to go with you and say Suns minus three and a half for for game five, because because that's what they're supposed to do, even though I have this strong feeling on the Bucks, But I think that's where the value lies. You're not going to get a good number, by the way, by the time you, you hear this, because like the money's pouring in on Phoenix, and it's only going to go up. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. This, is, this is like, if this is five by the time that it's tip off, I, it, I'm not betting it. I've already got three and a half, so. I think for me, I don't feel great about my options for game five. If I have to pick one, I think for me, because I just feel like Milwaukee's the better team right now, I would play a Milwaukee money line. However, my real play, I won't be playing the Milwaukee money line. What I will be doing is watching for a spot to play the Milwaukee money line live. Like it, it's a home game. I think Phoenix is going to come out and, and take a lead. And like the Milwaukee money line, if I like it, I don't mind that, you know, the NBA, the, these lines are swinging back and forth and there's runs and everything. I don't look for a spot. I think to my, my best bet would be to, to look to live bet Milwaukee somewhere in like the first, maybe early second quarter where I'm hoping I get a little better line than right now where I, I like the bucks better, but I'm not really getting paid enough for me to, to take the risk right now. I mean, I would, I would wait for the line inversion. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, you're not going to get as good of a payout, Brandon, but I just don't think you can feel good. Like if they're down, if they're down 12 in that first quarter. Yeah. I don't know about 12. I, I'm not feeling great about 12 at that point. So I, I think I'm, I think I'm not hoping it gets that deep. Uh, but, but maybe then the line hasn't moved enough in my favor and I just have to play it. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's four and a half mm. plus, see, this is the problem though. It's like, if it closes closer to five, even if they're up eight, you're not like the, the Bucks money line number isn't going to get. I feel like I'd be looking. Well, what is the money line price at right now? Is it like, I, I forget what it is exactly, one forty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I feel like I feel like I would be. I don't know. One forty just doesn't feel like enough for the risk taking on. So I guess if those are my options, then it's probably a stay away. But I'm mm-hmm. it, even if I can get it to like a one eighty or something closer toward two hundred than one hundred, then I'd at least feel like okay. Now I feel like the odds are, are worth playing a little bit here. So, okay, that's game five. How about series? If you have to make any one bet on the series, not let's do not finals MVP. Oh, no, finals MVP can be your series bet. Just any series bet, one play. What's your one play right now? Again, like I'm already in on Suns and Six. So, <laughs> like, I'm already, I'm already there. I'd probably add to Suns and Seven at plus 190. It's probably the move for me is to add to it just as like a, cause like I, I'm going to make a lot of money if it comes out at Suns and six, I make a good amount either way, but uh, I'll make 
a better outcome at Suns and six. If it's Suns and seven, I lose a little bit. So I probably add on to that. And I still think the Suns are going to win the series. So like, I think the, the value here is pretty good at Suns and seven, but like if I were a fresh better, um, honestly, I, I, oof, I guess, yeah, the Chris Paul plus 190. You're still getting Chris Paul the plus number when he was an odds-on favorite two days ago. Yeah. Raheem? I think I'm going to go – I'm going to go with this prop that they have on BetMGM. I think I'm going to go with the Suns to win game five and the Milwaukee Bucks to win this series plus 475. I'm, you guys know I'm a little bit more conservative, but I think that's the way to go because I can't – I mean, plus 125, there's really no value on the, on the Bucks. A year of doing these pods with Brandon, and look what's happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't – to me, any series bet that I have to try to figure out how many games it's going to go or what the order of the outcomes is at this point in the series. Like, in a weird way, the series has been predictable. The home team just won every game. It's just the home team has won all of them. But it feels unpredictable. Like, we have two games right now where it feels like the complete wrong team won. So I just I don't feel like I trust the results matching up with what I'm seeing. So I just I don't want to play a series bet right now that's just anything other than who's winning. Like I don't want to play a minus 1.5 or a something in six or something in seven. Just I'm not saying you, you can't guess it. Like any of the outcomes are there. I just have lost all my confidence to have any idea of one of these teams is so good they're gonna win the next two games. I no thank you. I I don't want to bet on either one of these teams to win two games in a row right now. So mm-hmm. to me, the the play that I would make, uh, it, it's the same thing that I've argued before. It's the Chris Paul 190. I realize that that's kind of like betting on the Suns to have to win the series and another thing. But it, my argument is that that those two are the same thing. That if the Suns are going to win, I think it has to be because of Chris Paul. I get the that I get the value, and you always want a plus number right now. But mm-hmm. you do get set for the series to go seven is minus one twenty five, which isn't bad. Uh, that way you don't have to worry about outcome. You're just basically saying they're going to split. The home team, yeah. the home team's going to keep winning. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Of course, if the Suns win, Scott Foster is jumping off the top turnbuckle. <laughs> I know that's that's yeah. what I was just trying to say. Like, which way? Which way do I feel more jeopardized about it not going seven? And I think it's Bucks and six because. If the Bucks win game five, I think Phoenix is in huge trouble going to Milwaukee. If the Suns win game five, I'll feel great about my it going to seven because Scott Foster is just going to put on a show in game six. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Action Network NBA podcast. Make sure to stay tuned throughout the week. We were getting you set for NFL season with fantasy drafts coming up. Actual training camp starting later this month. Make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out the favorites of Chad Millman and Simon Hunter. Raheem was on the last two weeks on the Tuesday episodes, breaking down the AFC and NFC win totals, which I am being honest here. I've listened to those podcasts each episode three times now. That's how good they are. They're really good. Got a lot of value out of them. Make sure to check mm-hmm. out Brandon's props article as they continue to cook. Make sure to follow both those guys on the Action Network app and on Twitter. Thanks for joining us on the Action Network NBA podcast. We will be back next week getting you set for game six of the NBA finals as this incredible series comes to a conclusion at some point next week. For Brandon Anderson and Raheem Palmer, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us on the Action Network Podcast NBA Edition.